Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Welcome, everybody, to episode 43 of the Stay Grounded podcast. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Really excited to be introducing this week's guest, Mrs. Jen Eden. So Jen is a board-certified health coach uh, who helps people with sugar addiction, uh, which is actually one of the most intriguing addictions to be fighting. Uh, As somebody who works in the coffee industry and I've firsthand seen what sugar has done to a lot of people in my own life and kind of the role it plays in just my customers. I was really intrigued and actually pretty excited to bring Jen on board because from fighting her own addictions to helping thousands of people get over them, she's got a really interesting perspective on life that I think brings so much value to folks, whether they want to get rid of addictions or not. So I think the first step is really understanding where they even come from. So Jen's journey to becoming a health coach started when she was first diagnosed with gastritis in her early 20s. Um, Doctors said that she would need to be on medication for her entire life. And Jen realized that wasn't the answer for her. So she changed her diet. She changed her life. And then after surviving a near gas explosion, which we actually talk about a lot in the episode, Jen decided that it was uh, life was way too short and that it was a precious moment that made her determined to deliver difference in everyone's life. So Jen clearly is um, somebody who is driven to help. And as you're going to hear in this episode, we go a lot deeper than sugar addiction. Um, I love Jen's story because just like myself, I felt like there was a defining moment that made me change. And for her, it was an explosion that almost took her life. And so when you go through some sort of experience like that, you are always going to be driven by something beyond the material. And I felt that in this entire episode, as Jen talked about the role of habits, about the way you you can manipulate addiction, about how you can use rock bottom experiences, her own stories growing up uh, from just all sorts of different like situations and trauma and experiences that Jen has had to overcome in order to become who she is today. And it's amazing because I love it when our guests just open up beyond what I thought they were going to. And that's exactly what Jen did on this episode. Uh, in addition, so so Jen, as I mentioned, she helps people beat sugar. And as a gift for everybody who's listening to the Stay Grounded podcast, Jen is actually going to be giving away a guide that uh, helps people remove sugar from, co- from coffee as a special thank you um, for being on the show. So if you're using coffee and sugar in the same sentence, uh, a lot more than you'd like to, go ahead and head to uh, JE Coaching forward slash stay grounded to receive uh, a free guide that you guys can go through to remove sugar from your coffee. Um, So anyways, that is Jen and I can't wait for you guys to learn from her. But before we get started, if you haven't already, rate, subscribe, review, leave us some love on whatever medium you choose to listen to this podcast and let's dance to to the tune of Mrs. Jen Eden. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stay Grounded Podcast. I'm your host, Raj. Oh, so excited for this week's guest. Jen, how are you? Ah, Raj, I'm feeling good. Feeling good, feeling great, feeling amazing. Sun's shining, sun's shining, and um, everyone's healthy. I keep it real simple. Yeah, you just got back from an amazing trip, right? I did. Yeah. Oh, this is true too. I was RVing with my family of five down to South Carolina for a week. 
That's amazing. I have not ever been RVing before, so um, I may have to ask you later about the experience and how much uh, how much fun that was. But I'm so glad you're here. I know we've been trying to get this scheduled for a while, so this is this is super exciting for me because yeah, uh, I am selfishly uh, wanting to pick your brain on many things that I think uh, the audience is going to love. So um, I already introduced you, obviously in the uh before this episode started but i'd love to ask you uh the first question that i always had after i learned about your background and what you've specialized in why sugar um there's so many things to help people with you know like there's so many addiction experts out there that are helping others with drugs or or sex or different different types of things in their lives sugar alcohol alcohol. When, when i heard you help people fight sugar uh, it was like, what? Like, where did that come from? So I'd love to hear the story from your own words and just how this came to be. I Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Because I am an open book and we talked about this. So you can ask me anything. You know, so I come from an addictive family. So we have a lot of addictions that you mentioned in the family. But for me, the addiction I had was to sugar. Like, and as a kid... Like I ate it, but I feel like it's something that's almost acceptable. You fall down, here's a lollipop, but I used to eat excessive amounts, like half a gallon of ice cream, rows and rows of cookies. Um, We used to sell these dollar chocolate bars in Catholic school. I could eat 15 a night, like 15. And so as a kid and I'm highly sensitive and super in tune, I started to notice like, wow, I ate a lot of sugar. And then it continued through high school and into college. And then I started getting sick and I started putting together. I wonder if it's all the sugar I'm eating. And when I figured it out and I healed myself of gastritis and we can talk about too low levels of anxiety. A lot of people have that. Sugar is a direct marriage for inflaming the body and it inflames the mind and anxiety comes from the mind. And yeah. From the gut. So I was, I didn't always have great days. Let's put it that way. And it was just a natural for me to get certified as a health coach. And like people struggle with this and they don't know how to fix it. They don't even sometimes know it's a problem until they meet me. And then I talk about all the symptoms I had and they go, wow, I wonder if it's from all the sugar I'm eating. So like I'm a wake up call for people. It's, it's, it's an awesome job. Yeah, absolutely. So when was the first moment, like you said that you, across your childhood, you consumed a lot of sugar. Um, When was the first moment that sort of like was enough? Like talk to me about that moment that, that you sort of birthed yourself into someone was like, you know what, I'm done with this. I don't think anybody's ever heard this one. So if whoever's listening is getting this for the first time, even though I've been doing this 14 years, I have to say, so I used to work for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. I did that for about seven years. I worked with the president. I was his right hand. And the meetings, while I loved you, Peter, they were so stressful with board members that my colleagues would leave me cookies at my desk. And I remember, so like I would go out and buy black and white of my favorite cookies still to date. But when colleagues would literally leave them for me and say, Jen, we got you there's a cookie at your desk. I was like, "Mm, what do I need a cookie for? Why did I just get out of meeting out of a meeting? And like, people think a cookie is going to help me. And it did help me. I mean, it tastes delicious, but it didn't help me. Didn't help me deal with my stressful feelings, stressful thoughts. It definitely wasn't helping my gastritis. It was inflaming it. Um, For those who don't know, it's um, pre-ulcer. So your stomach is inflamed. And if you don't fix that, you, you get a full blown ulcer. Yeah. And um, one day I was like, it's not okay that people are leaving me cookies. And I, and that is when, well, should we go there? Because that was like, wake up. But then I, I got married after that while I was working at the job and I survived a near death gas explosion. Can I just throw that in? Yeah. Tell me about so that. I married four months. And I started to notice the sugar stuff and me and my husband were literally blown out of the house. We were married four months 
We lost everything we own, but one cat in our Jeep. And I remember for those who are listening or watching, when you survive something like that, I got 35 stitches on my face, like your spine realigns and you really start to take a look at what's important, what's your mission in life, and like, what are you going to do about it? And I remember within three months of living through that experience, I called my husband. I searched the country for alternative healing schools. And when all the brochures came in, I read them and I said, this is the one. And it was the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I was a graduate of 2004. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I've been doing it over 14 years. Like you, your spine realigns. It really does when you survive something like that. So wake up call was like, what am I eating? And then it was like, what's my mission? Like, what am I here to help people with? And I healed myself and now I help other people. Why do you think a near-death experience helps you define what's important for you? It reminds you very quickly of how fragile life is. Life is fragile. I mean, we drive our cars, we don't think, we get up, we brush our teeth, we do work, take kids to school for those who have kids, and we don't think about what if today was my last day? And when you live through that, and for me, I swear God reminded me by not only giving me stitches, but I had a, not to be graphic, but I had a hole. I mean, my husband said you could put like a, your thumb through my head. Wow. It's still numb there. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll bang it. I'll be doing something and too fast. And I'll go, okay. I remember, slow down today, hug the kids. You just, you're reminded. And there's something... I saw the white light. I mean, people say it. I saw a light and I'm here to talk about it. And yeah, I can't not do this work. It just, uh, I can't not do it. Besides I've tried quitting and every time like I had enough, I'm not even kidding. My third kid was born and I remember saying, God, look, I got three kids under five in the house at the time. I can't market. I'm just like getting by. I got to take care of myself and my family. I got four new clients in two months. Like the phones just started to ring and I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> it won't quit. You can bring them, but I won't quit. And so God and I have got this relationship. I'm pretty cool with him now. Her That's universe, awesome. whatever you believe in. So, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Now, when you're helping people, fight addiction. Yeah. Where do you think the addiction comes from? Many places. Well, let's start with sugar is truly addictive. So if we're talking about what I do for a living, sugar truly does light up the same part of the brain that cocaine does. That's proven. So I find that people eat a lot of foods and have lifestyles that are extremely draining on them. And it's, it makes you tired. And what's the first thing you want to do? I know for myself, when I'm tired, I want like an upper, right? Like bring me back up so I feel great. And sugar does that temporarily. So it's almost like hits on Facebook. Really, I've caught myself feeling a little down. I don't really go to sugar as my vice. I just don't. I'll just get a few hits. I literally t like a few hits on Facebook. And you just watch your energy come back up. So. Sugar is addictive, that's number one. But number two, I find at the core of addiction, there's an uns they're unsatisfied. So when women come work with me and we get to the core of like, what do you want to do with your life? So for me, I kicked my addiction not just because I learned how to manage it, right? And eat what I call non-drama sweets, which you can talk to me about but also because I found my calling. And so I get energy from doing this stuff, Raj, from talking to you, from reaching people, from helping other people heal. Like, right, I've got a purpose. So I think it's twofold. It's what you're eating and you feeling like when you come home at the end of the day, what are you doing, right? Not just being at a job and coming home, which is fine. But I find if there's more purpose there for people, it's easier to get off of sugar. 
let me ask you something. So it is, but let me ask you something. So like I'm, let's take my life as an example. So I am pretty purpose-driven. I work on my business. It, it drives me, it gives me hope. And we do a lot of stuff that fuels that part of me, but I have bad habits and I have addictions too. I have things that I go to whenever I'm not feeling well. I have things that I want. So how do you draw the balance between self-care and addicted? Well, stay with me. So things that you do, which you don't have to ship, are they harmful? So to me, an addiction is something that's covering up something else. But if for you, you're tired and you go get a massage and you're addicted to massages, like all the power to you. It's when you're addicted to something that um, is harmful. Does that make sense? Okay. Is yeah. not, besides, I don't know anyone that is addicted to massages or like <laughs> to broccoli and like how much broccoli could you eat in a week? Like yeah. it's usually it's, the stuff that's filling a void. It's filling a void and usually is, is harmful. Well, let's take it this way. Like a glass of wine, right? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, there's lots of studies out there that say wine is healthy for you. Wine isn't healthy for you, but you know, ultimately it's not something it's, it can be an addiction like alcohol, right? So glass of wine a night. Yeah. Well, I say also, can you live without it? So do the feelings is how you know if you're addicted to, do you get nervous? Does your heart race? Do you feel like you have an emotional charge if you remove it for a week, for a couple of nights? People okay. feel emotional about not having sugar, could be the wine, gambling. I've seen a lot of stuff. Oh, don't, don't take that away versus, yeah, I'll give up the broccoli for a week if it's you know giving me gas. A lot of people can't digest it, right? There isn't an emotional attachment. So usually there's an emotional attachment to it. And then you know, for me, I teach my kids, we rotate it out of our diet. We rotate it out of our life. So that's how I do it. I don't really let bad habits settle in my family. We, we keep, that's how I do it. With addiction in my family, if I'm finding I have a certain pull towards a certain food, I'll remove it. I, I don't allow that habit you're talking about to set in where then I have an emotional charge to it. I think that's I catch smart. it before the charge happens. That's really smart. So you, you become aware when you start being drawn to certain habits or certain foods or certain, certain vices or, or anything. And then the second you're aware that it's hit some sort of threshold, whether it's days or weeks, then you're like, all right, I'm going to take a break from it just to, just to, okay. That's really smart. And I love that. Um, how do you get addicted to stuff like massages or like, is there even a way oh, to yeah. hack? Yeah, you can be addicted to massages. I love that. You can. Um, well, let's back it up. I always say before getting addicted to that, there's a feeling that always comes before. Let me see if I can find my book. Cause I've got something, a cool chart in here. There's always something that comes before that. But I will say there's a feeling that comes before getting addicted to anything, right? So massage, I love how I feel after. So I get addicted to what I want to feel like afterwards. I feel calm. My muscles feel tingly. Whatever stress I had in my neck goes away. So that's that's how you get addicted or how you get unaddicted. All right. I teach people this too. A lot of my work, people do not come pay me to tell them to eat chicken and broccoli, more turkey, a little less red meat. And while you're at it, um, take the cookies out at seven at night. Like no one's paying me for that and I won't let them pay me. What I teach you is how do you feel after you eat a certain way for several days in a row? And when you remove these processed foods, how do you feel? And I find a lot of people don't do it in the correct order. There's an order, there's a process. So they pick and choose, right? What they're going to take in and take out. So they never get that. I mean, I feel good pretty much every day. They never get that natural feel good from doing it the way I teach. And then once they do, they go, oh, oh, I'm going to rethink what I'm eating at night. I'm going to rethink that Coke at two o'clock with all due respect. What else? Like the scone at 10 a.m. I'm just thinking about 
yeah. what that the processed food is that people eat. Um, so essentially, you're slump from eating processed food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're helping people fall in love with the way they feel uh, when they do something. Like, so it's like the feeling after. So, if you consume a scone, it's like how are you going to feel after instead of thinking about what you're feeling in the moment. And so, oh, when yeah. you that's that's so smart. So now you're so now you're looking at delayed gratification almost. You're falling in love with how you're going to feel tomorrow as opposed to how you're going to feel in the moment. How do you train that? That seems like such a valuable skill to train for just about anything. I train my kids that way. It, it starts young. I don't think it's taught. But you see, like I said like a, a little while ago, or maybe I just said it, I don't know. We're talking about so many good things. When someone can create the path like here you are, Raj, and you want to get here, and I tell you these are the steps I kind of pretty much guarantee it, depending, I, I do, we do an interview process, right? And if you fit the mold. So if I, if you're here and I say, but you want to get here and, and I teach you the steps, like you're going to trust. I would think you would trust if you're hiring someone. So the, I instill hope and education and a science. When you do it yourself, you're guessing, right? So if I'm guessing, I don't know if the delayed gratification is going to work. But if you have someone that's telling you, this is how you do it, give it three days. On day two, you're going to be shaking and you're going to want the sugar. But by day three and a half, four, you're going to be over that. And then you're going to feel this lightness in your body. Your bowels are going to move different. Your anxiety is going to change. Um, you may notice difference in your skin. Your energy is going to go through the roof. I'll suck it up for three days. But if you don't know that it takes three to four days, I don't, right? I'm not going to give up anything. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And, and I have a personal trainer that I love and I trust him the way people trust me. He's like, your body's going to change. This is how you deadlift. This is why I want you to deadlift. This is why I want you to do it the way I'm teaching because I'm here. And he said, I can get you here. Follow my plan. And he looks healthy. He is healthy. And he's, he's got a physique that shows me he knows what he's doing. So I follow him shamelessly every Monday at 6.15. <laughs> Stuff, he had a 45-pound weight on my back today, planking. Mm. I was like, Alex, I'm trusting you. You got 45 pounds on my back for 45 seconds. I would never do that myself, right? Yeah. But Alex gave me a plan. So anyway, that's, that's my long, short story. Love it. Uh, Jen, I want to go back to, to your story. Cause your story fascinates me when, when you were younger, um, and you, and you had all these sweets being thrown your way, like how big of a role do you think self-esteem plays at that age? When, when, when sugar or when distractions or when you, when you're so malleable, I mean, how do you, how do you start teaching kids or teaching teenagers to, to, to love themselves in different ways, just from your own experience? That is so great. So I didn't have a lot of that growing up, although I do, I love my parents, right? Everyone does the best they can, but I grew up with that shit ton of mental illness Yeah. in my family and parents in and out of um, depression, in and out of the psych ward. I mean, I have had a very colorful childhood, but because that's how I grew up and I now know with the work I've done, how I want to like see my kids, I will tell you, respecting children, teenagers, respecting their feelings and giving them the space to share. For me, I'm noticing has them have high self-esteem. Yeah. Great job on that test. You know, great job, Luke, my son. He's just amazing. He's amazing at everything. He's just amazing at playing chess or being second in the school, but more important than my words, is when he comes home and I just, I, I, I don't shut him down, right? Or my middle kid, I honor the fact that she doesn't like to eat animals because she can feel their thoughts. And in my household, that would have been probably most households, shut down, eat the turkey. What do you mean you can feel what the fish is feeling? You know, and like that builds self-esteem that this girl feels a certain way and mommy honors her. And she has got so much self-esteem. So I think 
honoring where people are at and not having them have to fit a mold. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Whether it be in school or at a job, I see employees and I, you know, I work with a lot of CEOs and professionals who run companies and there's a lot of stress, right? Associated with managing. I get it. Different personalities. But if an employee is not in a role that is best supporting them, they don't do well. And that lowers the employee's self-esteem. So by putting them in a role where they're using their best skills, right? You know, when you're doing your best work, it goes up. Yeah. Which is why I hire for all my tech work. Because I would have no self-esteem because you don't want to see me. You already know. I can't fix anything. Yeah. But this and communicating messages and empowering women, men and women, that's my gift. And right. So doing that kind of work and being heard, I just think people aren't heard enough. So I do a lot of listening in my house. I love it. Um, what's the what's the most important lesson you learned from your parents? Forgive. My mother is incredible with working through things and like forgiving. I ask her, cause just things went on in our house that we do not need to get into, but just things that for me feel unforgivable, stealing, cheating, <sighs> taking excessive amounts of money out of our house. I mean, I've seen so many things, so much. And my mom, she forgives through her prayer. And, you know, she still invites my father to events and call your father on Father's Day. And she just sees the, hu the human in people. And you can always forgive someone. And when you forgive them, you forgive yourself. It's, I tell her all the time, I thank her for her level of compassion for human beings, because it's so easy to be offended, you know, and just get rid of people and, and shut people out. And yeah, almost to a fault. <laughs> I'm like, mom, you could be a little upset. <laughs> and she's just sees the humanity. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So I'd say forgiveness. How do you think forgiveness plays a role in healing addiction? <sighs> Marriage. See that? People with addiction. Oh, I hear this one all the time. Blame ourselves, blame ourselves, blame ourselves. Can't believe I had another binge. Can't believe I promised myself I wouldn't do that again this week. And two days went by and I ate that again. And when we do that, not only does it, you talked about self-esteem, lower self-esteem, but it hormonally throws us off and it makes us feel bad. And then when you feel bad, what do you want more of? The sugar. I just... I just tell people the first thing you need to do is just forgive yourself. Just say, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I swear heals everything. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, cause I slip, I slip up. I was eating something yesterday, some paleo, something. I woke up today. I was like, that was not smart. My fingers were hurting. And I immediately was like, I'm so sorry. Went to the gym, got my butt kicked by Alex, drinking all this water. And not a thing today because there's, right, there's no guilt associated. It's like clean slate, done. I actually didn't think about it until you just asked me. Like, right, it gets off your mind versus what a lot of people do. Oh, I screwed it up yesterday. Screw it. I'll just do it again today or this week. And it's like, today's a new day. You can never do damage in one day, ever. Yeah, the damage true. comes when it's weeks and weeks and months and months and years and years. You can the, never do damage in one day. The power of forgiveness. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing how much weight we carry as human beings um, just through day to day, whether it's guilt or shame or, or even like self love like just so much happens. And I just feel like forgiveness, whether it's, I, I'm sorry, or just a hug to yourself is almost like just, clearing like the cobwebs out of the way and it gives you a path forward. Um, I love, but it's not that easy for people. Can I share something quick? Yes, please. Because guilt is definitely linked to sugar. Definitely. And um, I teach this. I don't know where it is in the book. I don't know if I'll find it, but it's redefining guilt. And so my people, 
love you all, because if you're identifying with this, you're like, woohoo, you get it. We like to be productive. So when I teach people that feeling guilty is pretty much the same as sitting in a rocking chair all day long, thinking you're being productive, they wake up like like rocking chair. It, it does zero, but some people actually think feeling guilty for telling aunt so-and-so you can't go to the party or that you just, I don't know, turn down something that someone made because it wouldn't make you feel good. And it does zero. It's for me a wasted emotion. I teach people this. And so people don't like to waste time for me, time, money, or well, really time because you can never get time back. And when I start teaching people that guilt is a wasted emotion, first of all, no one ever talks that way. So that's interesting. It's a wasted emotion. Number two, it's a learned behavior. This is the other one I teach. It's a learned behavior. I teach my kids this because I watch them. My one kid, he tends to feel guilty and I go, mm-mm, I didn't just share what I did so you can feel guilty. Don't do it. Mommy said it's a wasted emotion. Either apologize to your sister, right? Take action, go in your room and take a break, but don't choose to feel that. And I mean, who does that with their kids? But I do because the work I have to do to undo that, it takes time. And my mom, I mean, I'm Catholic and I'm Italian. Bring it, <laughs> double, double guilt, Catholic and Italian. So I had to really, it's a retraining of the brain, Raj. We can talk about it another time in different podcasts. It's a retraining of the brain. It's How do you feel this, do this. And it's feel this, do something different. How do you, what kind of habits do you implement every single day to retrain your brain? Oh, these questions nobody knows about me. I love it. Um, I say, I stay super conscious every day. So I live, I do my thing. I try not to be obsessive about it, but I'm aware. So, all right, let's take it back a step. I do quirky things nobody knows about. So people usually right-handed, they wear a watch in their right hand, on their right wrist. I always wear it on my left. Why? Because it keeps me aware. I always want to look to the right and I go, right, it's on the left. And the minute that I know it's on the left, I'll switch it back to the right. It's, mm. It just keeps me always fresh. Yeah. Always moving furniture in my house. You have to see my house. And my husband's like, what are you doing this week? Constantly changing stuff up. If we come home and the kids have a pattern of too much TV, I don't like a lot of TV. I'm like, all right, no more TV at night. Let's read a book. Like we're getting into these old habits. Um, and for me, I, I journal, I try to journal every day. And if I don't have a lot of time because people journaling, they cringe. I write five things I'm grateful for every day. It, that I can do that in under a minute. And it's just, it keeps me aware. It keeps me aware so I don't get into old stuff. Why do you think gratitude makes you feel that way? Mm. Why, do, why do you think it makes you feel uh, almost like a, like you just said it keeps you from going back to the old stuff. Why do you think gratitude keeps you, like almost acts as a shield from, your, from the habits you don't want to have? Gratitude. I find the things that we take for granted every day it just helps me, stops making me take things for granted. I'm like, oh my gosh, something as simple as like my children are healthy today. And I was able to go on this RV trip for a week with my husband and we didn't blink. Like I took that for granted until I wrote it down. And then it made like my daughter having a fit this morning. She's the little, little one. Mommy drive me today to camp. And while that would normally set people off, because I have a schedule and that's why I have a sitter, right? To take care and clean the house and drive my kids. That would normally send people into a tizzy. And I had already, you know, in my mind, I was so clear on what I was grateful for that. I don't know if that makes sense. It, it was like, sure, Sydney. I am, it, I had written, I'm so glad she's healthy because she was sick for a very long time. So I reminded myself of that in the journal. And here she is healthy having a healthy emotion. I miss mommy. Sure. I'll drive you. And it just, 
it didn't become anything bigger than that. I gave her a hug and I left. And I'll pick her up a little later. How do you think your past experiences can be used to create a better future for yourself? Well, for those listening, I don't like making the same mistake twice. <laughs> I'm like super productive. I just, so for me, if I see something that didn't work, I generally don't want to do it again. So rather than it being a, um, ah, I failed, I'm like, well, that didn't work. Let's just try it a different way. And I teach my kids this, like, uh, go out and fail today. I'll say it. I just think it's redefining, redefining how we see things we've done. With my son, I, I, I teach him. He's like, Mom, I'm second in the school in chess. I go, good, I hope you play the hardest player today because you're going to learn something if you lose. And he's like, don't say that. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to lose. I said, but in the challenge, Luke, you're going to learn something because you don't learn a lot from the easy kids. And I, I just think it's a reframing if we can go there. Yeah. You know, you just... I mean, my childhood was what it was. I now help other people who had addiction and mental illness in their family and crazy amounts of narcissism. And rather than like sulk about it for me, oh, and I have seven sister-in-laws. And if you're watching, I love you all, but I have seven. That's the number. Yeah. And wow, there's a lot of growth in having seven sister-in-laws. And people say, oh, my God, how'd you do it or this or that? And you know what? It was really hard for many, many years. But the thing is, I learned so much from every single one of them that now for me, I pay that forward. I can help anybody with any sister-in-law, brother-in-law issue because I think I've seen them all in the 16 years I'm married. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I just keep reframing. It's just literally how my brain is trained now. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. Reframing existing experiences to find the good in them versus bad and daily gratitude is a tool that helps you do that, right? Yes, and can we add one more thing? Because really Please. important. Yes. This is one of the number one things I teach. So take notes or just remember this one. So when something happens, oh, and really some things just aren't good. I can't, you know, car accident. I mean, there are some things that really, I don't know where we're finding the good. You just pray that everyone got out alive. But I always ask my clients, so what was the lesson? What did you learn? And if you can get the lesson from it, I find even when we're talking about sugar, ah, I binned last night, Jen. I, you know, I said I wouldn't. I'm working with you and I was doing great and I had this setback. And I go, mm -hmm. what'd you learn? And when I stop and they tell me, they go, well, I learned that I shouldn't go to a party. Starving, great, lesson learned. But you wouldn't always think of that and connect it with, right? I know if you go to a party starving, you're gonna binge at the party. You are, because there's too many delicious foods there. So I teach, you know, eat a high, eat a high protein meal, eat before you go and just pick. Um, but right, you wouldn't necessarily think of that. People focus on, oh, I binged. And I'm like, just focus on the lesson. Yeah. Never go to a party hungry ever again. So Perfect. what is the lesson? And then with every setback, you're just like wisdom, right? Wisdom, wisdom. You're just wisdoming yourself up the yin-yang. So How do you keep track of your lessons? Because, I mean, if you keep asking yourself that question every single day, you're going to get a lot of lessons. And I imagine that's hard to, to just catalog. How do, you, how do you keep track of the lessons? So you don't I don't ask them lessons? all day. Okay. I only ask them for the ones that I call are zingers. Ah, you know, the one you did where you're like, oh, you're feeling bad. That one. I don't do it all day, but I'll do it if I did something I said I wouldn't do. And now I'm, I feel guilt coming on. The quickest way to get rid of guilt in my own professional opinion and experience is, is get the lesson and the guilt should melt away. And you could try it and let me know. Get the lesson and the guilt should melt away. Yeah, like it that. should. You get the lesson and the guilt melts away. I love and that. It's, that it's not the right lesson. Find the deeper lesson. That is a brilliant way of looking at 
I love that. I'm actually going to steal the heck out of that. <laughs> um, I love how like just in tune you are with like you, you came from a point where uh, like you were making all these, these decisions and then you just experienced like a life changing event. And then that puts you on this path. Now I have, I have a question that uh, I don't know. You might've heard this, maybe not, but I mean, if you haven't gone through rock bottom, how do you create a rock bottom experience for yourself so that you can have the same level of motivation? Okay. (laughs) You cannot. People come to me, they've had enough. And that's why you cannot. From my experience, I can't make someone have enough. They know when they've had enough and they're like, okay, I just need to find that answer. You just go on a search. I know you've been there. Otherwise you wouldn't ask. And then it's this deep inner hunger that does not go away until you figure it out. I, it's grit. I call it grit. I can't give it to someone. But you can set the stage for it. So I'm setting the stage for it with my children. I'm not overdoing, overbuying, over quick gratificationing them. Every wish, I'm not giving it to them. You feel bored, go ahead and stay bored. I literally say that. Bored is good. Mommy has her best ideas when mommy's bored. <laughs> Please don't fill it with a game like the iPad or TV. Um, so you can set the stage for it in kids. I, I, we'll get into that another time. People are just, yeah, we set the stage. Delayed gratification for children is key. Say for adults is key. Let them feel their feelings. Let them want to work for something. I think the reason I have so much grit is because, I mean, I love my parents and they paid for my college, which was great. But like, okay, so I went to medical school and they didn't pay for it. And I remember being super pissed. What do you mean you're not paying for it? I got to take out loans? I was super pissed. And um, you know what? It's because I had to take out loans that within the first six months, I started to rethink whether I wanted to be there because it wasn't a free ride and I had to pay that money back. And I remember sitting in Florida, I went to an osteopathic college and I calculated what it was going to cost four years if I stayed and it was over a quarter of a million dollars. And I said, I I don't think I love the profession enough that I want to owe that when I get out. And I left. And, you know, if my parents would have given it to me, I don't know if I would have done that. And then they told me, well, find your way home. I have like $200 in my bank account. I don't know what's wrong with them. But they were like, <laughs> and we're not paying for you to get home. I was like, what? Get I sold all the furniture my mom had bought me. Like, I'm a survivor. And I just sold all my stuff. And I went to church every day, I remember. And I, I prayed God and I would just talk about freaking out. And clearly they weren't helping me. And I got home. and. I don't know. I don't have to do that to my kids, but it really, um, it builds grit. I, I, like I can do anything. <laughs> Explain what I you home from Florida on like I don't know, 500 bucks. How did you, how did that experience change how you experienced all your other struggles moving forward? You can do anything that you set your mind to. Even if for me, right, it ebbs and flows depending on how I feel, you you can do anything you set your mind to, which is why for those listening or if they have kids, like, ah, you can do anything you set your mind to. You just have to want it bad enough. Does that make sense? So when my clients say, ah, I'm not feeling motivated, I go, great. It's probably the wrong goal. Let's change the goal because I don't. I don't do things that require a ton of motivation, mm. but the right goal, I'm jacked. And when I'm slightly off, like, mm, that feels like a lot of work today. It's almost like you're being pushed towards a goal versus being pulled towards it. If it's the right or wrong goal. Ooh, I like, like that. Like when you're being, when you're, cause I've experienced this. I mean, I remember when I first started Java press, I mean, I was just chasing money. Like that's ultimately all I wanted. I was working full time and I didn't like my job. And so I wanted to leave and just money, 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 money. But that did not 
suffice. After some point, I stopped working hard. I stopped like waking up early. I, I just, I lost my habits. And then like when I switched and I was like, I want to help people or I want to change or I want to do something different. I want to something that aligns. Then it was like, can't wait to get up or I can't wait to go and do it and work and, and achieve and, and do like face fears. So it's, it's amazing. Like how much the right goal. I love that so much because the right goal can pull you into a frame of mind that makes you unstoppable. It it's that thing that builds the grit for you, right? Like correct. It, your goal is so much more exciting than any block that your mind wants to make up. Yes, and so you will find a way to jump over every obstacle everything in your path because the reason why you want something is so clear and attached to who you really are in your soul. Oh gosh. Can we just put that on a billboard? (laughs) Well, you, 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 it's, I mean, what are your thoughts? Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible because I'm looking at you, Jen, I'm really, am. I'm looking at you as somebody who has created so much for so many people and for yourself and for your kids um, from, from a space where you came from like the absolute, like opposite from, from like, a, a you know, like a childhood that wasn't as supportive from your parents, like from just like, you just went from rock bottom to where you are now. And I think it's so inspiring. Thank um, you. He, I had a calling. <laughs> I think we all have one. I just, I always saw myself as special, Raj. <laughs> I always just thought I was special. I didn't know this special, but thank you for that. First of all, I just want to like take that in. That was really beautiful what you said. So thank you for. You're, of course, of course. Now I want to, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to send some love your way. So Jen, what do you have going on in your world that we can support with? Um, how, like, just, just let us know. I mean, you're, you're so amazing. We want to be here for you. Oh, there's so many ways. Well, do we want to talk about, I have a a book. Okay. Um, which I am happy to give either a downloadable or if you just want like hard copy, Amazon sells it. Okay. She's woman unleashed. (laughs) Perfect. Um, that's just fun. That's just fun. I don't know if you want to find a way. I'm happy to have people get a copy as well. We can figure that out. Okay, cool. Um, and I would love, um, I know you, we were talking about this earlier, but potentially uh, throwing some love and helping folks who are uh, addicted to sugar, uh, unaddict themselves, especially folks who like putting sugar in coffee because I'm one of those people uh, sometimes, or I used to be, not anymore, but I'd love for right. you to, is there anything you can do to help those people out? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this free downloadable. Okay. On cool. If you want to start, I believe how you start your morning is how your whole day goes. Okay. So if you don't want to touch anything else right now, but you're like, yeah, I'd love to really enjoy amazing coffee and be able to taste it without all this other stuff, but I don't know how to do it. This, um, this free downloadable report will do that. So you can start your day that way. All right. And maybe that's all you do. And that feels good enough. Like I want to start my day clean with the most delicious coffee. How's that sound? That sounds amazing. We're going to put together all these links and uh, give everyone access to those. And Jen, gosh, you're just like, you're, you're, you're amazing in so many ways. I have a final question for you. (laughs) um, uh, I love to ask all of our guests. Um, so in the midst of everything you've been through from, uh, where you were to where you are now, to the stories you've told yourself, to the stories you've overcome, how do you stay grounded on a daily basis? All right. No one knows this answer either. You all are getting the inside scoop on me. I like Raj a lot. So (laughs) first answer, right answer. I teach people first answer, right answer. So the first thing that came to mind is like, I tell myself nice things every day. I mean, I, I wake up, I'm like, nice job, Jen. Great job getting up and sticking to the goal of going to the gym. Like things that most people would just take for granted, like, ah, you just did that. But you know what? We just came back from a trip and my whole family slept in today. God bless them. And I got up and when that alarm said 545, I knew I was coming on with you today. And I feel my best when I get my butt kicked in the morning, especially um, beginning of the week. And I didn't want to miss that. And I could have just paid them and 
nice job, Jen. Then I came home and I made a delicious breakfast. Nice job, Jen. Like literally throughout the day, I do little like nice jobs and it just keeps me centered, right? Versus mom or someone will call. I know you understand or something goes on with the business and then you get pulled off center and then, right? Kid upset and then I get pulled. And it's always like, I'm my best friend. Nice job, Jen. And all those nice job Jens, they're grounding. They're like anchors in the soil. So when I do things that might not have been nice job, Jen, like yelled at the boy again, cause doing something. I had so many other things that I just say, oh, so sorry, I yelled, Luke. That makes sense? Yeah. I feel the energetic bank, I always teach my clients. So high that when I gotta take out and take some energy out, the dang thing is still loaded from. (laughs) I like that a lot. Your well of energy. I like that, I like that, I love it. Well, Jen, it has been such an honor having you on the show. Um, I can't wait to. Just there's so many gems in this, and I hope everyone listening got value out of uh, Jen and this conversation. But guys, that's a wrap for this week's episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host Raj. This is your friend Jen, and from us. Until next time, stay grounded. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.